Hey everybody, welcome back to Traveling Through the Word with T. It's Tangela, your favorite flight attendant, and thanks again so much for joining me for another episode of Bible Stories. So it's been a couple weeks, but uh, we're back here, so let's sit back, relax, put our seatbelts on, and see where this week's Bible story lands us. So a few weeks ago, we met Saul, Israel's first king. Then we met David, Israel's most beloved king. And finally, we met Solomon, Israel's wisest king. This week, we're going to meet two kings. We're going to meet Jeroboam, Israel's most infamous king, and Rehoboam, Solomon's son, and the first ruler of the last tribe of Israel left in the lineage of David, the tribe of Judah. In this week's episode of Jeroboam and Rehoboam, Rivaling Kings of Israel. Now, because of how much God loved David, he made him promise. He said there would always be a man of his descendant on the throne in Israel if they always kept his commands and always followed after the laws of Moses. So here we are, and Solomon is the reigning king of Israel. And although God had blessed Solomon with wisdom and riches above any other king or person before or after him, Solomon lost sight of God's commands and promises, and he abandoned God. 1 Kings 11 tells us that the Lord grew angry with Solomon because his heart had been turned away from being with the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. The Lord had commanded Solomon about this very thing. He said, you shouldn't follow after other gods. But Solomon didn't do what the Lord commanded. In verse 3, the Bible tells us that when Solomon grew old, or by the time that Solomon grew old, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart after other gods. Tells us that he wasn't committed to the Lord with all his heart like his father David was. Tells us that Solomon followed Astra, the goddess of the Sidonians. And Milcom, the goddess of the, the god of the Amorites. And Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's eyes, and he didn't completely devote himself to the Lord like his father David did. It tells us that Solomon went so far as to building a shrine to Chemos, the god of Moab, and to Molech, the god of the Amorites. And he did the same thing for all his foreign wives who had burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now, if he only had a hundred gods of his more than a thousand wives, it still would have been 99 more gods than he needed. Let's just say he only had 50 other gods. It still would have been 49 more gods than what he needed. All he needed was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says that the Lord told Solomon, he says, because you have done all this, instead of keeping my commandment and my covenant and my laws that I commanded you, I am going to tear the kingdom from you and I'm going to give it to your servant. Because of your father, David, I'm not going to do this during your time. I'm not going to do this while you're living. Instead, I am going to tear the kingdom out of your son's hand. And then, even more so, I'm not going to tear the entire kingdom away. I'm just going to give him one tribe because of the commitment that I made to my servant David and the promise that I made to him on behalf of Jerusalem. 
because I have chosen Jerusalem and I am not a God that I shall lie. So the Lord chose Jeroboam to inherit the rest of the kingdom. Jeroboam was one of Solomon's officials. He was strong, he was honorable, and he worked well, so he was appointed over the work of Joseph's house. And one day, as he was on the outside of Jerusalem, he was met along the side of the road by Ahijah the prophet. When Ahijah met him, he was wearing a brand new robe. And he tore this robe into 12 pieces and he told Jeroboam that God was going to tear the kingdom from Solomon and that he was going to give him 10 tribes, but he was going to leave one of the tribes to Solomon's lineage because of the promise that he made to David. But God had just one command. He says, now you'll have to listen to all that God commanded, walk in his ways, do what's right in God's eyes and keep his laws and commands. If he did that, he would rule over all that he could desire and that he would be with him and that he would build him a long and lasting dynasty. When Solomon got wind of this, just as Saul had done to David when he heard that David would secede him as king, he tried to kill Jeroboam. So Jeroboam fled to Egypt and he remained there until Solomon died. So Solomon died after ruling Israel for 40 years and his son Rehoboam succeeded him as king. Now when Jeroboam hears that Solomon is dead and all the people, they call for him. The king they were now going to be getting, this guy was going to be a doozy. 1 Kings 12 and 3 says that the people sent and they called for Jeroboam, who along with the entire Israelite assembly, they went and they said to Rehoboam, they said, listen now, your father made our workload very hard for us. If you just lessen the demands that your father made on us, and that if you would just lighten the heavy workload that he demanded from us, then we will serve you. Sounds reasonable to me. So he tells him, I tell you what, come back in three days. I'll give you an answer then. So King Rehoboam, he consulted the elders who had served his father when he was alive. At least he did the right thing. He asked him, he says, what do you advise? What say you? How should I respond to these people? Well, the elders said, well, if you'll be a servant to the people by answering them and speaking kindly to them, then they will be your servants forever. But what did Rehoboam do? He ignored the advice the elders gave him. And instead, he sought the counsel of the young little whippersnappers who had grown up with him and who now served him. Advisors who had no experience, just a desire to rule. He says, what do you say? How should we respond to these people who have said to me, lighten the workload that your father has demanded on us? Well, the young people who had grown up with him said to him, he says, this people said to you, your father made your workload heavy? Lighten it for us? Hmm. Tell her, my baby finger is thicker than my father's entire waistline. So if my father made your workload heavy, I'll make it even heavier. If my father disciplined you with whips, I'm going to do it with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam on the third day. And the king answered the people harshly, and he ignored the elders' advice, and instead he followed the young people's advice. And he said, you know what? My father made your workload heavy, but I'm going to make it even heavier. My father disciplined you with whips, 
but I'm going to do it with scorpions. So the king didn't listen to the people, because this was from the Lord, that he might keep the promise that he delivered through Ahijah concerning Jeroboam. Now when all the people saw that the king would listen to them, the people answered the king, he said, hmm, why, should, why should we even care about David? We got no stake in Jesse's son. Go back to your homes. But you better look out to your own house, David. You better watch your back. They were like, you know what? If this is how you're going to treat us, no problem. We know how to fix this. We'll just get our own king. So then the Israelites went back to their homes and Rehoboam ruled over only the Israelites who lived in the cities of Judah. Now, when King Rehoboam sent Adoram, the leader of the work gang, to all Israel, they stoned him to death. And King Rehoboam quickly realized that he was not so much in control. So he got on his chariot and he fled back to Jerusalem. And Israel rebelled against the house of David. And when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent after him. And they called him to the assembly and they crowned him to be king over all of Israel. And nothing was left to the house of David except for the tribe of Judah. Then God's word came to Shemaiah, the man of God. He said, tell Judah's king Rehoboam, Solomon's son, and tell all of the house of Judah and Benjamin, and tell the rest of the people that this is what the Lord says. He says, don't make war against your relatives, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, because this is my plan. And when they heard that the Lord's words were his plan, they went back home, just as the Lord said. So now we know why and how Rehoboam, Solomon's son, lost the kingdom. Now let's see what made Jeroboam so infamous. So Jeroboam's king now. And Jeroboam thinks to himself, he says, the kingdom is in danger of reverting to the house of David. If these people continue to sacrifice at the Lord's temple in Jerusalem, they'll begin to become loyal to their master Rehoboam, Judah's king. And they'll try to kill me so they can return to Judah's king, Rehoboam. Once again, we have a king not trusting in God, the same God who gave him what he had. How many of us act like Solomon and Jeroboam? God, we say, gave us this, and God, we say, gave us that, this house, this car, but we don't trust him to be able to keep it during a crisis. Things don't go the way we think they should go, or we don't think that God's got it. So the king asked for advice. Yet another king asking for advice. <laughs> I don't know what advice they gave him, but the king makes two golden calves. I guess he just had to outdo Aaron who made one golden calf. And he says to the people, it's far, it's way too far for you to go all the way down to Jerusalem. He said, look, here's a, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Oh my, how he sounds like Aaron. So he put one calf in Bethel and the other calf he put in Dan. This act was so sinful. And the people went to worship before the one calf at Bethel and before the other calf at Dan. And Jeroboam made shrines in the high places and he appointed priests from all sorts of people and nobody was a Levite. You see, the priest was supposed to come from the Levite tribe. 
And Jeroboam, he set a date for a celebration on the 15th day of the 8th month. You know, some date that he came up with in his head. And it was like celebrating in Judah, he would have them to think. I guess he figured if he could just make it seem like the same as going down to Jerusalem and worshiping the true and the living God, that the people wouldn't question it and they'd just follow along. First King 13 says that one day Jeroboam is standing by the altar. He's burning incense when a man of God approaches him and he delivers his fate to him. And when the king heard the words of the man of God and how he cried out to the altar of Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar and he said, seize him. But his hand that he had stretched out against the man of God grew stiff and Jeroboam wasn't able to bend it back. And the king said to the man of God, plead before your God and pray for me that I can bend my hand back again. So the man of God, he pleaded before the Lord and the king's hand returned to normal and it was like it used to be. But even after this happened, Jeroboam, he didn't change his evil ways. Instead, he continued to appoint all sorts of people as priests of the shrines. Anybody who wanted to be a priest, Jeroboam made a priest. In this way, the house of Jeroboam acted sinfully, and it led to his downfall and his elimination from the earth. But before he died, his son got sick. And he told his wife to disguise herself and go down to the prophet Ahijah. You know, the same one who had told him that he would be king. He said, now take 10 loaves of bread, some cakes, a bottle of honey, and he's going to tell you what's going to happen to our son. So she did exactly as Jeroboam had said to do. Now, Ahijah, by this time he was blind. But the Lord came to him, he said that uh, Jeroboam's wife's coming to you. And she's coming to seek answers about her son. And that she is going to be disguise so that you won't know who she is but it's her so first kings 13 and 6 says when ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming through the doorway he said come on in jeroboam's wife i mean he had no games here he has why are you disguised <laughs> never mind that i got bad news for you anyway he says tell jeroboam this is what the lord god of israel said he said, now, when I lifted you up from amongst the people, I anointed you as the leader over my people. I tore the kingdom from David's house and I gave it to you. But you haven't been like my servant David at all. He kept my commandments and he followed me with all his heart by doing what was right in my eyes. Instead, you've done more evil than anyone before you. You made other gods and you made metal images to anger me. You turned your back on me. Therefore, I am going to bring disaster on your house because of you. I am going to eliminate everyone who urinates on the wall, whether it's a slave or whether it's free. When I set fire to the house of Jeroboam as one burns dung until it is gone, dogs are going to eat any of Jeroboam's family who dies in the town and birds are going to eat anybody who dies in the field. The Lord has spoken this. As for you, go back. And when your feet enter into the town, the boy is going to die. All Israel will mourn for him and they're going to bury him. And out of the entire line of Jeroboam, he is the only one who will have a tomb. Because only in him did Israel's God, the Lord, find something good. The one that died 
is the only one that God found something good in. So for this reason, the Lord will raise up a king over Israel who will eliminate the entire house of Jeroboam. And this begins today. Even now, the Lord will strike Israel so that it shakes like a reed in the wall. He'll uproot Israel from his fertile land that he gave to their ancestors and their offsprings. And he'll scatter them across the Euphrates River because they have made the Lord angry by making their sacred poles. Because the sins of Jeroboam committed and because he has made Israel to sin too, God is going to give Israel up. Then Jeroboam's wife left. And when she stepped across the threshold of the house, the boy died. All Israel buried him and they mourned him in agreement with the Lord's word, which was spoken through his servant, the prophet Ahijah. And Jeroboam ruled 22 years and he lay down with his ancestors. And his son Nabab, Nadab succeeded him. And for many, many years later, King's evil acts were compared to the evil that Jeroboam had committed. And in each comparison, it was said that although they did evil in the sight of the Lord, that it was nothing to be compared to the evil that Jeroboam did in causing the people to sin against God and serving other gods. You see, God had made him a promise that he would have a lasting dynasty and that he could have all that he wanted if he just followed him. But his lack of trust in God and his inability to trust God caused him to make costly mistakes. Mistakes that would eventually cost him his life and cause him to be forever known as an infamous and evil king in Israel. Hey guys, that's my time for now. I hope you like today's podcast. If you've been enjoying these Bible stories, please follow and share with everybody you know. And you can find these podcasts on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Public Radio, Breaker, Anchor.fm, and on the Anchor app. Thanks again for joining us on Traveling Through the Word with T and on this episode of Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Israel's rivaling kings. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye.